0: Welcome to Spiral Podcast, your hosts are me, Rachel and me, Liz. In the run-up to this year's Great Escape Festival, we'll be spotlighting artists of this year's line-up that we reckon ought to be on your radar, ones we cannot wait to see live. This year, the festival is going virtual, although it won't be any less annual treat of new music we all live for.
1: Here, yeah, we've discovered some absolutely incredible talent over the years, we've volunteered for a few years' running too, such great memories, and today... We are feeling so sunny as we are joined by
0: the established Welsh singer-songwriter Jodie Murray. So hello and welcome. How are you feeling today? How's everything going with you?
1: Good, thanks. Yeah, I've uh, spent a bit of time in the sun and um, written a little bit, which has been nice. I haven't had a lot of opportunity to do that lately, so that's been nice and just some admin work. Getting on top of things. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's Good. Have you been down to the pub at all yet? No, no, because I'm in Wales. I don't think they're actually open yet. Um, oh, right. I don't think so. No, they're still they're still closed. I'm not sure when they're opening, but um, I probably will yeah. <laughs> very soon. Yeah. Nice weather with you, with you as it is here, or yeah, it's yeah. sun shining, nice actually. <laughs> nice. Where are you based? Uh London. I'm based in London, but Rachel's in Hertford. Yeah. Nice, oh, lovely!
0: <laughs> so we see your um, latest album. You managed to get that vinyl press last week.
1: That yes, must have been exciting
0: finally. to get that in your hands finally.
1: Yeah, so excited! It's um, I've always wanted to release music on vinyl. I, I I released a seven inch with my first album when I was with Decca, and that was a dream. But to have an actual LP, and it it arrived in the post and the, all the boxes of them, and it's yeah, it's like something I've been looking forward to for so long and it's now happening and um, it looks amazing, just so happy because all we listen to in the house, me and my partner is vinyl really we don't really stream much or play anything else so it's it's nice to add to the collection not that I'd be listening to myself anytime soon (laughs) but it's nice to have all the same (laughs) Yeah, definitely
0: So tell us about your new album, The Answer
1: So The Answer came out in February um It's my third record and I've kind of just, I've taken a bit of a break from music for a little while. I released my first album in 2012, Mountain Echo, uh, my second one, Trouble in Mind, in 2015 and I just had a little bit of a break till now, um, writing music and just spending time kind of honing the sound that I wanted to create for it and try and create my own sound um, within the studio because myself and my partner, Erwine, we run a recording studio in a renovated chapel. So we did that in the 5 years since I released my second album and so it was there was more reasons than one why it kind of took me a while to get the the answer together. But I'm really proud of it and there's a lot of songs on there that um songs that I wanted to write, like topics I wanted to write about for a long time. And yeah, I'm really proud of the people I worked with on it, all the producers and musicians. So just so happy that it's finally out. It's been a long time in the making, so glad it's yeah. um, a physical thing finally. Yeah, definitely. It's a great album. Thank you. <laughs> it's a mix of songs there about love. There's one song actually. This house is that about the pandemic? Oh, because it's like lyrics is like the only way out is in, and you can't run from what's within. This house has me climbing the walls. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's, it's funny. You're not the first person who's asked me that actually, um, and it wasn't. It wasn't actually written about the pandemic, but we released it as myself and my label released it um in february as well early february and it just seemed so like it was made for the time even though i yeah. written it year, quite a few years ago actually now um and we decided to release this house before i'd really clocked that it made sense during a pandemic that you're like itching to get out um yeah. but it's more it's more of a metaphor this house but um but people that's the beauty of music isn't it people can take what they want from whatever part of it so um yeah you're yeah. not the first person to ask <laughs> <laughs> yeah just curious about that one <laughs> and how was luck found for you it was okay I guess it's a funny um response really because um, I think everybody's been in the same boat and it's it's had definitely had its hard times and um on many levels um But at the same same time, at the beginning, it was quite, apart from all the shock and the anxiety and, you know, no one knew what was going on. I think for me, it it was really nice just spending time with my partner at home. And we actually finished the record at the start of the pandemic when we didn't think it would last forever. (laughs) So um, we actually, yeah, we spent some time together. We finished the record, we got it mastered and just did a load of the artwork together, went out and took photos with 35mm cameras and stuff. Um, so for us at the very beginning, we actually used it to be really productive. And then I guess after that, it kind of started going a bit uh, maybe not so productive, had a bit of a lull, thought, when is this going to end? And how long will finances keep me afloat? <laughs> and all the common worries that I'm sure everybody had. But Um it feels like it's slowly co- going back to a, a form of normal now, which is nice and ready to see people and friends and family and um, get out so it can make, you know, it can inspire music again because if you're just sitting in your four walls, it's kind of hard to feel inspired all the time. So um, since it's opened up a bit, it's been quite nice to get out and go to the beach because I live quite close to the coast. and get inspired by the surroundings and start writing for the fourth record, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> which hopefully won't be five years away.
0: <laughs> so you work yeah. in a really interesting and inspiring studio space. You renovated a Baptist chapel. You can yes. already sort of get the sense of the, the space already from the word chapel, can't you? And I bet the acoustics are amazing.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful space. I'm in the control room now, but you can't really see much through um, the camera. But it's... Um, it is a really inspiring sp- space and I know from when you just asked me about um pandemic and stuff it seems really ridiculous to be like it's so hard to be inspired when you have this when you have a studio outside but it's it's quite funny you, it's almost like you take it for granted and yes. that's the yes. time where I could have used I did use it loads of course and like wrote wrote stuff but um it's just it's just a funny time to be um inspired by anything but yes. The chapel itself, we bought it together at auction was it almost three years ago, maybe. And it was still, um, it was still, it still had everything in it as a chapel. So it had all the pews mm. and the pulpit and um, we kind of stripped it all out. We had lots of the members of the old chapel because it was four members that used to go. So they had to close it. That's where they sold it. And they... They're all really pleased that it's being used, and there's still music coming from the walls because a Welsh Baptist chapel, it's like lots of singing would have happened here. and like you say, the, the walls were made for singing in, and it really does have beautiful acoustics. And um, my partner, Owain of the studio Studios is um, he's really good at what he does on a, on a sound level and, and, and as a producer, engineer. But it actually looks amazing as well, like his eye for detail and like the, the vibe of the studio really kind of makes you feel like you could be anywhere, which is really nice. So we're really lucky that we've got this space and it's um, hard not to kind of take it take it for granted quite a lot of the time because it's literally outside our door. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's really fun to write in and, and use the space. Yeah, definitely perfect for music Yes, and lots of fans come in, and um, we have before the pandemic it was non stop. I literally couldn't get couldn't get a minute inside because it was so busy, which was great for, for his business. I was like, hang on a minute, how am I ever going to record my fourth album if this keeps happening? And I guess I cursed it because then the pandemic happened, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I should keep my mouth shut. But um, yeah, it's a really, it feels like a really special place, and I feel really, really lucky to. Be able to have access to it and um, record more and more all the time.
0: Yeah, talking of um, beautiful spaces, you live in Pembrokeshire?
1: That's looks quite beautiful there. I um, do, yeah.
0: Have you lived there all your
1: life? Or? I have. I um, was born and bred here, um, and all of my family really. So um, I come from a little town called Narbeth, which is. It's a really sweet town. It's a bit more inland, about 20 minutes from the beach. And I'm now kind of not 15 minutes from Narbeth, basically, with the studio. But I have I love where I'm from. It's really inspiring. I did spend um, quite a lot of years, month, you know, months at a time for, for a good few years, traveling back and forth to London and staying with friends for three, four months. I'd come home, go back up, and... I love the city and going to London and things, but there's nothing, it sounds really cheesy, but there's nothing quite like coming home. Cause I just, I feel such, um, it's just so inspiring and there's such, such a lot of space and quiet. And I, I spend all of my time at the beach and driving, driving along in my van and camping just in the spur of the moment. So, um, when like when that gets taken away, I find it quite difficult, but, um, yeah, Pembrokeshire is beautiful. I don't think, aside from travelling, I don't think I'll ever really leave. I love it too much.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Beautiful. It looks beautiful. Yeah. But what's the Welsh music scene like? It's good. Yeah, there's um, there's some amazing bands. Well, the, the, in the past anyway, um, that I grew up hearing and like local bands and stuff that I used to go to gigs every weekend when I could. When I, as soon as I was allowed, I was out. Um but now there's just so much music in the Welsh music scene, and I keep being told about more and more that um, I haven't even heard of, and they're doing really well. And I definitely think it's got um, a really cool buzz around it, and very alternative, very um, diverse music, all sorts of all sorts of kind of genres coming out of Wales, and. Um, yeah, it's really, um, I feel really proud of the Welsh music scene at the minute, especially. It's um, It's got a good buzz around it. Oh,
0: that's great. Are there any artists yeah. that you would recommend us check out? Oh, it's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many. Adwyth,
1: they're Adwyth really oh. good. They've been doing really well and they won the Welsh Music Prize. Um, there's a girl in, I think she lives in London now, but she's a Welsh girl. It's called Hannah Grace. She's really good um oh there's so many there's i can't really say they're welsh but they're really good friends of mine they're actually norwegian but all three of them did live in pembrokeshire for a while once they fell in love with the studio actually and they're called IC rivers and um we kind of call them but they're half and half really because even though they're fully norwegian they they feel like their home is here <laughs> so they're really good as well but there's there's probably too many to list um Trying to think, just thinking of lots of gigs I've been to, but yeah, there's there's loads.
0: So for the um, the years that you've been making music, so you've got three albums now. I mean, you must have seen quite a change in the music industry. Um, for people that don't know about your music, how you know, starting out to now the journey, could you talk us through that in a little
1: bit? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I definitely say that the music industry has changed quite a lot over the years. I started off um, with my first album, that was released in 2012, and I had um, a management from when I was 16. So I kind of got scouted. It sounds really weird, but scouted, it just happened to be that my dad um, was working in a B&B in Pembrokeshire, and there was a guy from London who was in the music industry and was looking for. Uh, local artist I think he's on his holiday and just thought oh I'll have a look while I'm here (laughs) and he was staying at the B&B that my dad was working in and the B&B owner Jean she uh, gave him this awful cover CD that I did when I was 14 Um, but it I he got me to London I started writing with Bernard Butler and all these amazing people Ed Harcourt and that then led into my first album with Decca, So it was kind of a bit of a whirlwind. Um, and I just thought, God, I've got a major label behind me. This is incredible. And it kind of kept pinching myself. And even to this day, it feels like a completely different life because I've since released my second album just with the management. And then for a few years, I didn't have any representation. And all of a sudden I've got this... Um, I kind of co-own a record label um, with Carrie Music, so it's Caramel Records, the label that I co-own. And I've released a third album, which I didn't, uh, to be honest, at one point I didn't think was going to be possible, um, especially on my own. And now it's it just, it just feels mad. It's just such a different, different kind of business than it was when I started, how much has changed. And, you know, now I've got a learn about streaming and all that stuff the stuff that I probably didn't it was just really happening in the last album I didn't really know anything about it then so I feel like I've had to learn a lot um, more digitally than I probably did in the past so it's forever changing and forever trying to learn more it's a crazy business
0: (laughs) Uh, you know you mentioned there about streaming how that's very different from having like promo discs to sort of promote yourself and um, it's funny actually because we saw your name on the lineup, and immediately I recognised you I thought, I know that name and I sniffed <laughs> through CDs and you'll never believe it but I've actually got the disc here no that was way. sent to my uni as a music editor for the student paper and the, um, the label got in touch to say to, obviously to promote yourself and the album and, yeah. it and it was on the iPod and listened to it on the train going up to uni and I was just like, yeah oh my god, I got that yeah, how funny is that? Mountain Echo? The first <laughs> album, oh my god!
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mad! Yeah, it was uh, that was a long time ago now.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, it's, um, it's a lot to think about, it's a completely different kind of, I don't want to say game because it, it's that feels strange, but um, is a completely different thing that you have to look at and learn about, you know, is one thing like making a record making a cd and going out on tour and selling it and everything and like bringing it to people like please play this this would yeah, be great yeah. but now there's this whole like influx of um this online presence and online world like with your instagram and twitter and tiktok and everything and but i'm just i'm quite bad at it if i'm honest i'm like oh i haven't it posted oh no but it's this whole thing that you have to learn about and um and it's it's hard because i think there's so so much more people that can uh, you know upload their music and release which is fantastic because it means there's tons and tons of amazing music to discover but i think it also makes it more difficult for each individual mm. um but yeah it's it's a very modern world <laughs> let's talk about your musical style you've got a really kind of powerful bluesy Voice, Thank you. Um, we really love your late '60s singer songwriter vibes. Um, your track "Carry Green" off your latest album, "The Answer," you used a dulcetone, yes, to create a sort of eerie atmosphere that you might hear on a track by the Mamas and Papas. Yes, we love that. Yeah, yes. it's a beautiful instrument. I, I am, um, I'm really inspired by the well '50s, '60s, and '70s, particularly '60s and '70s music, but. I just, I love the kind of sounds that they use in the recordings and how they do the vocal treatments and um, the different reverbs or how they try, how they get that effect. Um, Being with, oh, I'm my partner and kind of working together in the studio all the time, it's really fun just experimenting and having the time to be like, I wonder how they did that or "How, how did they get that sound and, well, let's try this. And that's been really fun with this album and like trying to, create a sound in particular that maybe if the genre changes throughout the album not I wouldn't say too much but it does kind of go through several stages but that the sound throughout the album and my voice would be the thing that keeps that's like the glue between each each number and when when I was doing carrageen the, the really lovely instruments that we used Ed Harcourt came down who I'd written with a couple of times. And he came down to Pembrokeshire to record in the old studios, which was a little um little shed on Irwin's parents' farm <laughs> that we'd just it was like our playroom really. And um yeah, he came down and we just played, just had fun to be honest. And Ed and I wrote Carrageen together when um when I, I no longer had representation, so I was a little bit lost at the time and that's kind of what I wrote it about and being inspired by the ocean where I live and how I kind of deal with things. And the dulcetone was actually taken from the demo because we demoed it up in London and we had we had such demoitis with it because we thought the demo sounded so good and special and kind of captured this capsule of time. And when it came to recording it in studios in Pembrokeshire, we were a little bit um, concerned that we wouldn't be able to recapture that but it worked and, and thankfully sounds better but we did kind of take a few elements from the demo because there was no point recreating them because they were just beautiful as they were and one of them was that dulcet tone that oh, was great i love it such a fun fun instrument
0: <laughs> yeah it's a great song thank you
1: <laughs> can you talk us through your musical influences of course i can i'd love to <laughs> I um have a lot Um, as I'm sure a lot of artists do but I love um, as I was just saying about 60s and 70s music grew up with a lot of um, of that kind of era but also from a very very young age my parents would listen to a lot of blues records so people like B.B. King, Bonnie Raitt, um, Albert King, Elmore James all of those really beautiful blues artists and um, Bonnie Raitt is a, is a, an artist that's kind of stuck with me forever really it's like my comfort blanket music if ever I need to pick me up or, or if I want to wallow in self pity I listen to Bonnie Raitt um, so there's that kind of side um, of my influences but then it went into more um, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix Free um, Aretha Franklin um and all these amazing artists, people also like from the 50s, fifties. 50s, uh, Leslie Gore, she's amazing. She's um, the lady that sings It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To. Um, yeah, it's so good. But if you listen to her other music, there's just something about it. And that inspired quite a lot of the sound on this album, The Answer, where her lyrics are really dark they just don't sound it like the the um, instrumentation around the song just sound quite uplifting and jolly but actually they, they're quite heavy and I just love that kind of juxtaposition between the two and playing with those two worlds to, to make something that kind of makes you feel good but then you're like, hang on a minute and makes you feel a bit on edge so she's a big influence especially on this record um, Ruth Franklin, yeah, she's amazing and a lot of lot of soul soul vocalists really, um, Sam Cooke, and going into more modern stuff, um, more modern music like the Black Keys. Um, I really got obsessed with Amy Winehouse as well because I think she was doing something that hadn't really been done before. Well, not before it'd been done before, but not in this time. And I just really respected the way that she created music, and I just love the vibe. So, yeah, all that kind of world really yeah. quite mixed yeah. yeah i could yeah. talk for hours <laughs> about influences, <your classes. laughs> and like you said mamas and the papas and, and people like that like really kind of that, those 60s sounds and carol king yeah i just i spend all of my time listening to music and just i just think it's amazing what what a beautiful um, language that everyone can speak really
0: it is so universal, isn't it, really?
1: Yeah, it's amazing, and it brings people together, and yeah, yeah, it's lovely, and I love I love, writing it.
0: <laughs> you also mentioned there about, you know, the, the melody being really uplifting, but the lyrics quite dark and quite deep. It's yeah. quite interesting, isn't it? You can sort of listen to a track. There was a track the other day that I listened to, and I thought, well, this is something that I've heard before growing up, Crusaders, Street Life. Yes, like, like, it's really upbeat it's really you know it's like a groovy sort of tune and then you like listen to the lyrics you're thinking this is really quite dark it's quite sad yeah, you know it's Yeah, living on the streets and uh, you know what she faces each day and yeah it's yeah you it's amazing how music that. can do that <laughs> it's clever isn't it it's sort of that yeah. like double side
1: yeah I kind of wanted to do a similar thing obviously like I said through, through the album really but because I'm definitely known for writing in a more melancholic fashion. (laughs) Um, But one in particular was the title track, The Answer. Um, I just really wanted to, even though it's really, it's a heavy topic, um, it went through quite a a few different formations, that track, where it was more like a rock song to start with when I wrote it. And then when it came to recording the album, it didn't fit. And then it came to looking, I reworked it and uh, changed the time signature and a bit of the melody and a few um, parts of the chord structure. And then it suddenly became this other song, and it was really down to the production that it just felt like this kind of uplifting song. It definitely didn't make you feel like you were wallowing, you know, it was, um, it gave you a good feeling about it. But then when you really listened to the lyrics, and it's funny because a lot of people who've listened, the album that's one of their favorite songs and like have you really listened to the lyrics because <laughs> oh it's not that happy you know <laughs> you know we're going in hopefully we're going towards summer now <laughs> it's not the most jolly one but um I, yeah i'm really pleased with it and i just love that kind of contradiction between the two
0: two vibes <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lovely word in our not very good at pronouncing it but i think it's curious mm. Cure. yeah <laughs> It's sort of like the balance of light and dark. It's just, yeah. I just love yeah. That. It's, yeah. It's a great word, actually. <laughs> you said that um, for your music, this, you want to convey a truth. That's really interesting. I mean, could you expand on that a bit more?
1: Yeah, of course. I, um, I always feel like whenever I write, I have to write from the heart. So even if I don't, um, if it's not necessarily about me, or subconsciously it might be, but I'm probably projecting a little bit, but um, I always have to write from first-hand experience. So whether I've seen somebody very close to me go through it or or it's myself, so it almost feels like a diary a lot of the time. And all of the music I grew up listening to, all of those soul records and the blues records, it's all about the hurt and the pain that they've gone through. Or you know, And I'm not trying to say, oh, I've had a terrible life, I've had a great life. And... Um, I'm very fortunate but everyone has their own issues and problems and I think for me writing about that is really honest and how I want my music to be portrayed just as if you're listening to it you could be like yeah I feel like that sometimes too I get that and because like I mentioned Bonnie Raitt earlier and I'd often listen to her like a comfort blanket so growing up if I'd had a breakup or I don't know something awful had happened, and I'd put it on, and it was like she was singing my song, like, and I'd wish that I would have written it. And um, I just I like the idea of people feeling that way about my music; that they can put it on and really relate to it and really feel it. And there's a real honesty there. Uh, sometimes, possibly a little bit too blunt, and. When it comes to releasing the album, you suddenly go, "Oh my god, everyone's going to know what I'm thinking about." <laughs> it's too late now; it's out. But um, yeah, I just think it's it's that's um, really important to me in songwriting. I find it really difficult to write um, from a kind of fictional point of view. I just really like writing how I feel, and it's almost like a therapy, to be honest.
0: I can imagine It's quite cathartic, isn't it? Really, it's almost like a a diary, but public diary, obviously. <laughs> <laughs>
1: unfortunately yes <laughs> yeah no it is it's really it is really cathartic and um, I think I process what happens in life a lot uh, easier when I write a song about it it's like my way of it's not I never think when I sit down to write oh this is going to be on the next album I write because it just needs to come out And there's a ton of songs that definitely should not come out Um I think it's just, it's a process for me to deal with what um, is happening, whether that's happy or sad. Um, And for some reason, I've decided to put it out in the world. (laughs) Um, You mentioned before that you write with um, singer-songwriter Ed Harcourt and um, Bernard Butler, you've written with them. So what led to this collaboration with these established names? um so bernard and ed were um were very early on when i first started going to london so that was like when i was 16 and i just the first person i'd written with was bernard butler and looking back now it makes me cringe because i had no idea who he was because i was like 16 and um roy the guy who who kind of discovered me in brought me up to London and put me in these sessions um he just kind of dropped me off at the studio with Bernard and I'd I'd never shown anyone my music before um I'd just written like poetry and turned it into music at home in my bedroom never shown anyone so I just remember sitting opposite Bernard and he's so lovely and really really talented and inspiring to work with and I just sat opposite opposite him as a Terrified 16 year old clutching my guitar, like trembling. And um, he was like, Okay, do you want to play a song? I was like, "Uh, Okay. He was like, Why don't you start with a cover, a song that you usually play? So I remember I I played him Guilty by Bonnie Raitt, or Bonnie Raitt covered that song anyway. It was an old blues tune. And he was like, Okay, do you want to play another one? I was like, Okay. So I was just pretty much like performing for him just so I'd not get too nervous or well stop my nerves and then he said so have you written anything and I'd brought all these scraps of ideas and we started working together and some of those were the first single I released like single blank canvas um I got you which was off the first album I'd brought that um I think I wrote "Numb" as well and then we worked together on them and um yeah, it's just it was amazing. It was such a crazy experience. That's why I just look back and think you didn't even know who he was. Why didn't you do your homework? <laughs> you just which I'm quite <laughs> glad I didn't now because I would have been even more terrified.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's really fun, really, really fun working with, um, with Alexa Bernard Butler and also Ed Harcourt. He's um yeah, worked with me on this record as well. And just again, super inspiring, and really lovely to work with um, whenever I've kind of written with him it's always been in his studio or his house in London and it's like a I always describe it as like a um toy box because it's just filled with instruments all kind of crazy instruments some you've never heard of before and you're kind of tripping over them to get to the toilet or something and um you kind of come out there just really inspired and um I just love working with other people I, I write a lot on my own but there's something about kind of Changing the way you you write or testing your writing skills by working with other people, and um, yeah, it's lovely to still be in still be in contact with them, still have formed relationships from, wait, you know, over ten years ago. Um, mm-hmm. That I still contact them. Obviously, I worked with Ed recently, but still email Bernard and chat and catch up. So, in those kind of intimate moments of writing songs, where it's really personal, even if it is isn't a co-write working with people that kind of really resonate with you, they're going to be, more often than not, they're going to be relationships that you kind of hold on to forever really because it's such a vulnerable thing to write songs and um, especially opening up to somebody else. So, uh, yeah, I feel really fortunate to have worked with them and excited for what uh, future music might happen with them.
0: Yeah. You mentioned there about obviously having that relationship, so you're able to feel that you're able to share and be vulnerable, and the real you, the real voice, can come through. Then, I guess it's, did it take yeah, you long to find your voice? Yeah,
1: I think it is. Um, it can be really daunting sometimes. Like each time I haven't written with somebody for a while, and then you go in for that first session, you suddenly like you're twiddling your thumbs, and like is that a really terrible idea? Is that a terrible line? I can't, I'm i not going to say it. And then you'll say it later, like, yeah, why didn't you say that earlier? I was like, oh. <laughs> so it's like, takes a while to come out of your shell sometimes. But yeah. once you've built that relationship with somebody and you feel comfortable and safe, which I have done with the likes of Bernard Butler, Ed Harcourt, and also Dan Smith, who was who's was the writer and guitarist of the Noisettes. Um, and there's people that I will always try and, try and, you know write with and keep in contact with because like I said you've kind of reached that kind of level together and it's really special when you find those relationships with people um and writing in in that way when it's something really vulnerable like carrageen off this record that I wrote with Ed um like I said earlier I was in I was in quite a dark place at the time to be honest and didn't have any representation and didn't really know what I um, it was a real outlet and I felt so comfortable to be able to write about that and um, that doesn't always happen with the people that you write with so yeah it was just one of those moments where it just the stars aligned and it worked.
0: <laughs> Very good I mean obviously from a chance encounter and then
1: this has oh. led
0: to this I mean today you're still writing music and it's still growing and developing as you mentioned the fourth album that's it's, it's really good.
1: Yeah yeah and um, you know, I have because Ed Harcourt's wife, Gita Harcourt, she's a fantastic uh, string player okay. and and a songwriter and a singer and very talented um very talented family. And um I wrote with her for The Answer as well. So we wrote Save and Grace together and she also wrote with Ed and I on Curse the Day. Um but Save and Grace was a really special moment where we were in their house. Um, I just wanted to write about old love and you know love that lasts a lifetime that you kind of think, oh, that's amazing. It's so beautiful. And ha- you know, you don't you don't necessarily hear about that so much these days where people have been together like their whole life. Mm-hmm. And I was just really um, thinking about my grandparents and just how they spent a whole lifetime together and and opening up about those moments and quite sad moments and stuff, it just felt like you were talking to a friend. You know, you feel there are these really special relationships that you have with writers. Um, Not all the time, but when it works, like I said, it really works. And um, Yeah, I'm just so grateful to have worked with with all these people and and in turn write on my own just so I can get my own kind of um, thoughts out of my very cluttered brain.
0: (laughs) So in terms of... um... An audience that's become very virtual for you now. How have you found the, the audience and being able to connect from home? And has that changed an awful lot for you? Have you had many virtual gigs? And
1: to be honest, because we didn't have internet here for pretty much the whole of the first lockdown, so everyone was doing these online gigs. And kind of if you, if you sat outside, we could watch it on our phone <laughs> with like tethering it to four G or whatever. But there's no 4G or anything in the house in the chapel it's patchy but we've only recently, end of last year had um, Wi-Fi that actually works so we've been a bit late to the game on that but um, I did a pre-recorded live stream session so we didn't have to worry that it was going to glitch out Um, and I did one in my hometown actually in the venue which was really special Um, they lit it really beautifully and I played on the floor of the venue so it was made to look like like um, to show the significance of the stage being empty, and that it's quite a difficult time. So that was really lovely, and there was there was a lot of people from. What, what's really beautiful about it is people that might not have been e- even able to see your gigs before COVID for whatever reason can now access music anytime, really. And and there's such a high quality out there when it's done well. It's it's incredible. Um, but it is a completely different experience as a as a as a singer as a performer because not that it sounds really big headed in a way because you you don't get the clap after songs but it's not about the fact that people are like oh well done you know? it's just that you it's don't get any response back yeah. yeah so it's not like oh love me come on <laughs> it's not that at all it's just it's just you think are they enjoying it is it is it just my mum listening oh uh so it's a really confusing thing because you don't know especially the one in Narbuth because I couldn't see the screen so I didn't know who was listening or if there was anyone listening um but it was such a great response once you kind of got used to the silence after each song um it was really nice and kind of seeing people comment after and once I got off stage, or the floor rather, um, it was really, really lovely and there's a lot of things coming up. Uh, there's another local uh, festival I'm playing called Abba Jazz at the end, no, start of the next month, start of May, and then also Great Escape, which is brilliant. I, used to, I played that back in, in person back in 2012, I think around or 2011 my first album and I love that festival it's amazing
0: (laughs) yeah it's great we love it as well we've been a few years in a row oh it's great isn't it yeah it's great for discovering new music
1: yeah it's such a such an amazing energy there like going through the town I love Brighton anyway so
0: yeah and you can go to different venues and just see
1: pop in and out as well it's great yeah I love it I really want to go again once the world allows allows us all to (laughs) yeah definitely are so you looking forward to touring? I guess I am. Yeah. I really am. I'm. I'm a really. Um, I'm a really nervous performer. So, um, if I play either if I play solo or with my band, I'm quite petrified, to be honest. And um, as much as I love singing and performing, every time I go on stage, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm literally shaking, sweating, all sorts of things happening, like a panic attack. <laughs> and then as soon as I start playing it kind of not as soon as it'll take a little while but I'll calm into it and that's the reason why I do I love it I love it so much I love playing especially with with a full band I really love my band and it's always really fun but um I always thought after this pandemic I'll um I won't be as nervous because I've really missed it and I know how much I love it when when I did the live stream the other day I was a shivering mess of a wreck (laughs) i'm still nervous but um but it i think it's just because i care so much i really want it to be the best it can be Mm. and um i'm just excited to get on the road and and play to new faces meet new people i love traveling so i love seeing new places um i was fortunate enough last not last year definitely not last year the year before um 2019 to do a tour through norway with with a friend, two friends who are musicians and we went up to the most northernmost point of Norway and played on these tiny islands and sometimes it was only a venue that could fit like twenty people. You know, like, and that's everyone who lived on the island. Wow. But it was the most amazing experience I have ever had. And I just think that's what it's about is going to it doesn't necessarily need to be this huge thing with huge audiences and yeah we've got to sell loads of merch and blah, blah, blah. yeah that helps of course mm-hmm. but just going to these really special places and taking the time to go to places that might not have access to as much music as a lot of the cities and finding those obscure venues that you know that are really uh, starting out or I just I really love the adventure of it and um, I'm so excited yeah I'm still going to be terrified but I'm really excited <laughs> yeah.
0: But being, yeah, being nervous and you know before your performance, it's it can only be a good thing really because obviously you're so passionate, you want to get it right oh. and put your heart yeah. and soul into it. Like I can feel that you know you put into it. Yeah, I think it's um,
1: it's just really important to me. I think when you and if if you're like I say, if you're nervous, I think it just shows you care. Not saying that people that aren't nervous don't care, because it's just different people, isn't it? The way they respond to a stress or excitement. Um, and I've kind of learned that even though sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I wasn't nervous, I just try and try and flip it in a way that's, the reason I'm nervous is because I love this so much and I really want do it, to do it justice. I don't want to, you know, I want to show how great the band are and and just put on a really lovely, beautiful performance that people can take away and remember forever. And, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the gigs that I've gone to over the years and really special ones, like I went to see Bonnie Raitt, I went to see Vivi King. That was one of the most incredible gigs of my life. And um, wow. I'll never forget it. And I think even if on a much smaller scale somebody's seen my music and it does something to them and resonates with them, Um, somehow, whatever that is then I've done something right and I just, yeah, I'm really excited to go out and play and just gig again, (laughs) that would be nice
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely We can only imagine, can't we Liz, that your gig is going to be like a sort of virtual hug for The Great Escape
1: (laughs) I hope so (laughs) (laughs) I hope somebody gets a good cuddle from it (laughs) Yeah
0: So you say you've already recorded that is that going to be um two or three tracks did you say or you're not entirely allowed to sort of reveal
1: i'm not entirely yeah. sure so i'll leave a bit for the um for the reveal <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it was actually a performance that i did for independent venue week and it was recorded again in my home hometown of narbeth in the queen's hall which is the Venue that I would go to every weekend, every week um, to see other artists play. Um, so amazing, amazing names have played there before. Before my time, um, there was a rumor that Jimi Hendrix played there, but that mm-hmm. could be NABUS gossip. <laughs> 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 Chinese, <laughs> um, but I, I'm really excited to for that gig to go out and um, and just and also to tune in to a lot of of the other artists you know I'm really looking forward to seeing what everybody else has been up to and and their performances and find new artists I love discovering new artists and um I think it's with all of this social media world now and the streaming side and everything I think it's so important to kind of help each other out and if you can promote an artist that you've found and love they're hopefully going to do that for somebody else and I just love that about festivals that you just discover so many new artists and, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: It's true, isn't it? You never know who you might discover and I think there's yeah. a, a particular mindset for people for like new music festivals. They sort of go in there just very open-minded and find people that they wouldn't normally listen to. That You know, it's all a real mix of genres, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I think,
1: if I remember rightly, when I played The Great Escape last time, I was on the waterfront. I can't remember what what venue it was. Now it was so long ago, but I I remember the I was sandwiched between like a heavy metal band and then there was me just as a trio, <laughs> which was like really acoustic, soft. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was my first album, so it was a lot more tame, possibly, mm. than this latest album. Um, and then there was I can't remember the person after, but it was it was really diverse and even though you think, what? It did work. And and then you stumble out and then there'd be another artist playing or another band. And it's just really, a really cool hub to find new music. And um, yeah, I'm excited to just tune in for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So are we. Yeah, we look forward to it yeah. as well. And, yeah. and your set as well. Yeah. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's been really lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for your time, Jodie, honestly.
1: My pleasure. It's lovely to meet you both, and yeah, yeah. we have a chat again sometime yeah, soon. <laughs> definitely, yeah. Definitely.
0: Definitely. I mean, yeah. as I said, yeah. I couldn't believe the name. I was, you know, I'm like, oh my god, I definitely recognise that name, Liz. Definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so crazy. i know. like,
1: and the, the fact that you still have it, I'm like, well done. Yeah, yes. That's amazing. <laughs> well, yeah. I hope you um hope you enjoy this new album as much. <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's different again, obviously. I mean, you're one yeah. in between that. It's it's a lot more stripped back. I'm feeling it's a lot more, um, definitely a lot of sort of tapestry sort of vibes coming through that. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think with the, and because there's such a huge age gap as well between the three albums, sure. I think, you know, some people have said, oh, it's very different, Not not in a negative way at all but just they, it's often compared to the first album because the first album was released on a major label, so more people mm. cured it. And um, and I'm so proud of my first two albums. The second one was probably my little rebellion to want to do more blues stuff, but mm. in actual fact, I was doing what I wanted to do all along. Um, but I've kind of tried to mix the two worlds together with this album and, and like I said, find the sound. So it's really nice to... Yeah, to to see the journey and, and it evolving over over that long space of time, really. we we'll
0: definitely keep yeah. in touch and uh, follow your journey ever closely now. Oh, <laughs> amazing.
1: Yeah, please do keep in touch. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely to meet you both. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah lovely you too. Keep in touch for sure. That was Jodie Marie us here at Spar Magazine. Ahead of this year's Great Escape Festival, which runs online from the 13th to the 14th of May
0: 2021. Jodie Marie's latest track, This House, is out now on Spotify, and you can find her on all social media platforms. You can also
1: discover more incredible talent like today's guest, Jodie Marie, on our blog, com.
0: We support and spotlight an eclectic mix of alternative musicians that we love. Hopefully, you too. Will spiral off to discover all our featured artists further. Buy their music, support a local show, and continue this spiral of love.
1: Thanks for listening and take care.